0: Hello and welcome to a very special Not Quite a Podcast. This is a year since I've been starting this podcast, so what I'm going to do instead of the usual blabberings that I do once a month, now, I'm actually going to do an in-depth review and talk about my favourite artist, of all time, Mr. Wednesday 13. So, I'm going to go through the career of Wednesday 13, starting off in the Frankenstein's Drag Queens and the Murder Dolls, of where he's uh, got his big name uh, and really sort of his big break from, and go through the solo records as well. I'm not going to review the EPs um, and the other sort of side bits that he's done. We're going to give you like a chronological order here. Uh, on, on a man that... I, I really respect and, and love the music for, so let's dive in and give this a go, shall we? Born in 1976, 66, born a bastard and a son of a bitch, and that's not me saying that, that's in its own words. Mr. Wednesday 13, real name Joseph Paul, born in North Carolina. His first sort of break and music project was a band called Maniac Spider Trash. And they released two uh, albums, they were Dumpster Mummies and Murder Happy Fairy Tales. They were released in 1994 and 1995. This was, as I said, his first band. These recordings are not the the most best quality of recordings you're ever going to hear, and I'm not going to review them for that reason. This was just the start of the story. Um, and what would become of that so after a couple of years in the maniac spider trash he formed the frankenstein's drag queens and the frankenstein's drag queens had a very revolving door lineup of different artists throughout the years and we're not going to go down that route either but let's start in and start a review of the first frankenstein's drag queens album and that was called the late 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 show and that was released in 1996 and i'm going to give these albums a review of bats. So how many bats out of ten? And I give a late, late, late show two bats out of ten. So this is a very similar sound to the uh, Maniac Spider Trash. So very rough, um, very rawish. You could tell that it was recorded on a on a budget, and and then, you know like that real sort of garagey sound. And the quality just really isn't there. And the songs aren't as good on the Late 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 Show or the main Spider By The um, albums as the, as we will later get into the uh, the Dragon's discography. We start off, um, though, there is a song on this called Galactic Chicken Shit, and that is an early version of what Slip My Wrist would be on the Murder Dolls uh, first record, and there is a few songs which we'll, we'll come to which will will be like that as well. There's another one which did make it onto the Murder Dolls record, which was Kill Miss America, and that was actually one of the first songs that Wednesday did write, so that was on this one too. The intro to this uh, to this album is like a weird sort of intro-y tape with a sort of chicken sound effects on, and Wednesday Thirteen talking backwards. But apparently, when you play this backwards, it says the chickens are coming for you, for your children, and I am the chicken gu- king. And it's, it's a bit. 3D. so yeah chickens are coming for your children thanks wednesday let next up uh the drag queens released uh night of the living drag queens and this was in 1998 and this will get five bats out of 10 on my uh bat rating scale thing um yeah so a big improvement this is a real b movie monster feel to it um real dumb songs but but lovable dumb songs such as STDs, She's a Man and Full Metal Jack Off. Scary Song and Rambo are both absolute classics of the Wednesday 13 back catalogue and they both appear on this album and both of those are brought out into the live set even right up to this day. We've also got uh, great tracks like Die, uh, Die My Bride, Twist My Sister and Let's Go To War. They all made onto the Murder Dolls album as well so that's all on here. So, in the year 2000, the Drag Queens released songs from the recently deceased, and this gets five bats out of ten. Uh, this is a more horror punky of the albums. I mean, you can't, I can't really say that because there's all a horror punk sort of feel to all of these, but this all sort of steps that up a little bit, and that, that sort of backed up with my uh, sort of stand up tracks from The Creature from the Black Lagoon, "Brother Frankenstein, and Plan 9 from Outer Space. There's there's definitely more of a professional recording feel to this to this album as well. Uh, it does feature a song called Hooray for Horrorwood. This would be rewritten and become Dead in Hollywood, which was the first Murder Doll single off that album, and also an early incarnation of I Love to Say Fuck. And as I said, this is my uh, it's probably my favourite Drag Queens album of all time. Next up, a year later in two thousand and one was *Viva Las Violence*. Um, this gets four bats. This again steps up the professional signing a little bit, so obviously the band had a little bit more money and a little bit more uh, experience in recording uh, and, and writing for the album. So this does have that sort of feel to it. Uh, this would be the last Drag Queens album um, as uh, the band of the Frankenstein's Drag Queens. And you get uh, the sort of catchier sort of songs on here as as uh, Planet of the Apes and Evil is Good. There's a real, um, real, real stupid song on as well called Eat Drugs First, which is absolutely hilarious. So go and check that one out if you can. And there's also features a cover of um, Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon, So that is on here as well. After the Frankenstein's drag queens we roll on to the main event, really, in Wednesday's career. This is uh, the Murder Dolls, and that's the next step. The start of the Murder Dolls it was when Joey Jordison of Slipknot fame and Trip Eisen from Static X were with this guy called uh, Dizzy Drastic, and they were looking to put together a band called The Rejects, like a like a horror punky uh sort of in-your-face sort of band. And they... they fooled around with a couple of things and I think there was a demo which they put out and when you hear um, a couple of the songs that were on that demo with Dizzy singing, it doesn't really sound right. Anyway, later on as, as this band started gaining momentum, Joey Jordison was played the Frankenstein Drag Queens and became a massive fan of, of the FTQ stuff and they got Wednesday 13 in and Wednesday 13 originally was going to be a bassist. Uh, but Dizzy backed out of the project and Wednesday stepped up and was the front man on the vocalist now Wednesday brought in a bunch of songs from the Drag Queens era he disbanded the band and had uh, brought together as we've already said a bunch of songs like Die My Bride, Twist My Sister um, and other reworked stuff as we've already mentioned in the Drag Queen stuff this was heavily put together by Roadrunner Records as well being Joey, The Darling of Slipknot and The Darling of, uh, sort of uh, Roadrunner Records at that time, so this band really did come together. I remember the when I first saw and heard the Merlols, it was almost like a fear factor of looking at these guys in your face with the makeup and the red and black and the dreads and the hair and everything. It was just so fucking full on. I absolutely loved it, and, and the red and black imagery really really stuck out. There was an EP which was released called Right to Remain Violent, but the main event itself was uh, the Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls record which was released in 2002. Fuck me, I didn't realise it was that long ago. And I give this album 9 bats out of 10. It really is a full on, fuck you, in your face, horror, glam, punk, metal masterpiece. It stands the test of time. Maybe because obviously it's my favourite band, I look on it with a with a happy heart, but these songs do something test of the time and they are great, great fun tracks on there as well. As I said Wednesday brought in most of the songs which were which were sort of rewritten and re-recorded for the purposes. They were released two main singles off this record that were dead in Hollywood, uh, where they had Marilyn Manson in the video and that was a exchange really for Joey being in the Tended Love video. And there was also a live video for Love at First Fright as well. There was a uh, cover of Billy Idol's "White Wedding," which got them a lot more sort of mainstream and media attention as well. That was released as a single, and a deluxe uh, version of the album was released with that and a bunch of other songs as well. And the video for that was—it's really fucking cool, taking the piss out of like American Idol and all those talks, all of uh, uh, music industry shows, which is just a bunch of bullshit. We all know that. They also—I also remember them appearing on top of the pops as well. And that was fucking awesome to see a band like that on top of the pop so that's really great and just to, just to sort of finalise that that first sort of record as well there was also a, a song that they they written called Welcome to the Strange which again was an original drag queen song they'd rewritten that and that came out on the Freddy vs Jason soundtrack and I believe there was a final reissue or special edition version of the Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls with that on as well So, Jerry returned to Slipknot in 2004, and so the band went on permanent hiatus. Wednesday 13 then re-released the Frankenstein's Drag Queens albums as Wednesday 13's Frankenstein's Drag Queens, and that didn't go down well with a few of the other members of the group. Um, He also released Six Years, Six Feet Under the Influence, which would be the last Drag Queens album he would play guitar, bass, and sing all the vocals on this one, and just got a guy in to do the drums um, on that. These The majority of these songs on this album were re-recorded drag queen songs. There are a few new ones on there as well. Dead to die, Too Dead to Die, Nightbreed, Chop of My Hand, and Your Mother, Sucks Cox, In Hell. Thirteen would then permanently... Per, permanently? Permanently disband the Frankenstein's Drag Queens until 2006 when the Little Box of Horrors box set was released and there was a small uh, reunion show at the Drag Queens, but this was then setting the scene for Wednesday to go solo. First Wednesday 13 solo album, Transylvania 90210, was released in 2005 under Roadrunner Records and this receives 8 bats out of 10. Uh, this is a fantastic, fantastic record. The go-to Wednesday 13 album. If you want to know what his sound is all about, I would actually recommend you check this out over the Beyond the Valley of the Murdols. There are some great, great horror tracks on here, such as A Ghost of Vincent Price. You've also got Heist by the Cemetery. Look at what the bats dragged in as a parody of a famous Poison song. This also has been two singles as well. I Walk with the Zombie, uh, which is a fantastic, one of the best sort of rock videos of all time, I really love that and that's a big statement to make I do realise and there was also a live video for Bad Things, it was also on this album where I first saw Wednesday live for the first time which was the Tour of the Crypt, uh, he, it was pretty much the majority of this album played along with uh, a bunch of murder Dolls and Drag Queens, yeah absolutely fantastic, fang, fantastic album and that is a nice little lead on to solo album number two in 2006 Wednesday released Fang Bang and this was released on Ryko Disc in association with Horror High after he had been let go from Roadrunner. I give this album 7 bats out of 10. This is actually my personally my favourite Wednesday solo record. I really, really love this album. It really sort of sits with me. There's some absolutely belting, belting songs on here like Happily Ever Cadaver Uh, Home Sweet Homicide, which was the single, which features some really angry clowns, again, having a very bad day. You've also got Till Death Do Us Party, paying homage to Friday the 13th, and also Haddonfield, paying homage to Halloween. There's a great slow song on here as well called Curse of Me, which is a a really hauntingly great song. Following on from this, um, Wednesday, well... For this, I should I say, uh, Wednesday went on tour, went on some, some quite big tours with this one. I saw him a couple of times touring this album, first of all on the uh, Till Death Do Us Party tour. We saw him a bunch of times on there, and then the American Werewolves tour as well. Following on from that, Wednesday went on to also play a, a sort of select few intimate shows, which were called the fan bang tours, where he went through the whole catalogue of his career from drag queens, murder Dolls and Wednesday solo stuff, and he would perform at those on smaller venues than usual around the UK. We then had something a little bit different from Wednesday. He teamed up with um, former band member, Rayan, who was um, Kid Kid in the original Transylvania lineup, like the Drag Queens, the Wednesday 13 Live Band has had a bit of a revolving door lineup over the years, and I'm not going to go into the history of too much of that. But yeah, he teamed up with Rayan, and they wrote um, like a homage stroke his take country album Uh, they call it their drinking project um, rather than a a side project and highways to hangovers was released in 2006 and I give that 5 bats out of 10 it's a really fun album Um, yeah go and check that out if you want to hear some drunken acoustic country tunage in 2008 Wednesday 13 announced that he would be releasing skeletons and this was again through Ryko Disc and Horror High Now, just in the lead up to Skeletons, Wednesday was uh, going through a lot of alcohol issues. He recorded Skeletons and then had to to get home. So he'd had a load to drink and drove home. He later has said that he absolutely regrets doing this. and It was a dick move when he told the story at an acoustic show. And he ended up in a big car accident and really seriously injured himself. He um, could have died. And uh, in the passenger seat, the car was the only master copy of the up-and-coming Skeletons record. Amazingly, it survived the car wreckage, and Skeletons was released. I give Skeletons six bats out of ten. He sort of went with a darker, sort of more personal touch to the Skeletons album. It wasn't as sort of camp and horror as the as the previous two ones. And it's sort of like a like a dark little gem. This, if you check out from here to the hearse, skeletons, the title track. Um, you've also got scream, baby, scream. That it's not a, it's not an album I go back to off uh, a lot to listen to, but when you do go back, you realise that it's a really really cool, um, spooky piece of work. There was also an EP which followed, which was called Bloodwork, which featured a couple of songs which didn't finally make the the cut to Skeletons because it didn't feel quite right um, with the sound that Wednesday was going for on this one. Following on from that, Fuck It, We'll Do It Live was Wednesday's first live DVD CD, and because it's a CD release, I'm just going to give it a quick six bats out of ten. It captures the moment of them on tour on that one, uh, and it actually says in the, the liner notes of the uh, the album that they were all sick during that time, the sound wasn't perfect, a little bit out of tune, but they recorded it and captured the moment rather than digitalizing it all. Afterwards, just seen after the fuck it, we'll do it live. He revisited his drinking project. <laughs> Long Way to the Bottom was the second Bourbon Crow album. This is um, what's the what's the best way to say this without like being nasty? It's not as good quality as the first one. I'll give this three bats out of ten. The highlights of this album actually come with um songs that Rain brought in and they're not. Um, there's a there's a song called Pour on Rain which isn't as. Sort of, sticking with a dumb sort of feel to it, but then You Have No Friends goes right back to that. So not the the greatest of of albums, that. Um, But yeah, there we go. Just on from that, Wednesday took another change in direction when he announced that he was going to be doing a project called Gunfire 76. This was a glam, classic rock style album where he wrote and recorded this with a guy called Ted Youth. Ted Youth, Todd Youth, I will get it right. Todd Youth, he was in a uh, a punk band called The Chelsea Smiles. So when you think casualties and tragedies, there's no horror influence to this at all. It's more of a more of constructed rock songs than the punk punk metal sound that he's had on the on the solo albums. But it's really, really, really good. I love this album to go with the new project. He had a new look. He cut out all his dreads. He had short spiky colored hair. They went with the whole rock star, sort of classic rock star sort of look and imagery with it all. There was a new band, um, new live band as well um, for, for the touring of this. I, I really, really like this. I give it seven bats out of 10. I always thought he should have toured this with um, Buck Cherry or like hardcore superstar. That would have been a real good, mix um, to go with that. So Gunfire toured um, some some uh, some states in the US with Bullets in Octane. They also came over and did that in the UK before they went back to the US and did a small sh- um, run of shows. They didn't advertise it as Wednesday 13. There was nothing to do with Wednesday 13 in the title or the advertisements. It was just Gunfire 76, a brand new band. And to this day, it's just one album that that project has put out. In 2010, Kerrang magazine ran an article and a big news story. The murder dolls were coming back. The reunion of Joey Jordison and Wednesday 13, declaring they were bored with everything that was being put out, and they were coming back to fuck up the establishment. In the le- in the, I think it was summer 2010, Women and Children Last were released, and this is an eight bat out of ten. Record. This took me a long time to get into this record because it doesn't feel like the catchy horror funness of Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls. But fuck me, they were back and they were absolutely blasting it. This is a great, great album. When you look back now and listen back now, once you click with this record and accept that it's not Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls, that it is a new sounding but ba- uh, a new signing style, it just sounds. Incredible! I absolutely love this. Singles that were released were the uh, uh, "My Dark Place" alone, and also "Nowhere." There's also some great tracks such as "Summertime Suicide," and also "Drug Me to Hell" is a one that really sticks to mind. You've also got two songs on there where Mick Mars from Motley Crue plays solos, and that was on "Bloodstained Valentine." and dead valley superstars there was a little bit of controversy with the original touring lineup uh, not returning it was a whole new touring lineup to go with wednesday and joey they murder Dolls toured heavily but in 2011 um the band you know just one year after the record came out the band stopped touring and in an interview wednesday declared that the band were over for good since then, he has gone back to say, never, say never. And if you want to know the status of the murder dolls, refer to the Nowhere video. At the end of the Nowhere video, the whole band are in a car. They're driving down a highway, and they head into a cliff where there's fire and smoke coming out of this sort of cavern in cliff. The car goes in. Do the band die, or do the band survive? Nobody knows, so watch this space. After that, he returned to solo action, Calling All Corpses was released in 2011, and I give this 5 bats out of 10. This is uh, something that Wednesday did, and he said he was doing this as a fan sing-along horror-style album, back to what he was doing. A, a similar sound to Fang Bang, but, but not, a, not as great. There are some cool moments on this record. The title track, Calling All Corpses, you've also got Silver Bullets, and also Something Wicked This Way Come. Um, uh, I don't know why he doesn't play that often, because that's a great, great crowd pleaser. Just after this, there was a EP, which was called Spook and Destroy, and we also had a DVD, which was filmed on Halloween night in London 2012, Scream, Britain Scream, and that holds dear Memories. For me, t- 2013, Wednesday 13 declared this his year, he was calling it Wednesday 2013, and he released another solo album, The Dixie Dead. I give The Dixie Dead 6 bats out of 10, this is a really cool, um, really, really cool album. The idea was that this was a movie soundtrack to a movie which was not yet made. Wednesday still has plans at some time to release uh, and make the Dixie Dead movie and so we just hold our breath and wait for that one. There's a, the, This title track off it is a real southern style um, rock song, something a little bit different to what he's done before. There's also a great song on there called Fuck You which is pretty much what it says on the tin, a very angry uh, middle finger stomper. Just after that, uh, the fans got Undead Unplugged tours, which were acoustic shows, and there was also an album to go with that. Why they didn't just do a live album, because the the recording version of it doesn't sound anywhere near as good as what he does live. And there was also a package put out called Dead Meat, which was a bunch of demos um, and also a greatest hit and a remix album all in a box set as well. So that came out there. The last studio album that Wednesday has released, this brings us right up to date. This was Monsters of the Universe, Come Out and Plague, and this was released in 2015, and I give this one another six bats out of ten. This was the first concept album that Wednesday has done. It was taking away a, a step a bit from the horror side of things and talking about aliens and conspiracy theories. It's got a real heavier feel to it. And it also included synth and keyboards as well to go with the sort of sci fi and mystery feel. But the recording of this was surrounded, um, from a fan's point of view, by problems with the Kickstarter campaign, where people didn't receive packages and didn't receive anything till very late. They didn't get their albums out until late, even though they were promised uh, way ahead of the release date. And yeah, there's a lot, a lot of trouble with that, in which Wednesday has ap- apologized for since and has also slacked his manager for it. Following on from this, we had another Bourbon Crow album, and the best of the three Bourbon Crow albums, this was Off the Wagon and On the Rocks, released in 2015. I give this 7 bats out of 10. Uh, as I said, it's it's really, really great fun. It's the best one. There's a song on there called Chick-fil-A, which uh, is about an American fast food uh, joint, which is not open on Sundays, and they actually jammed that out on one of the Periscope videos, and it sort of started off as a dumb filler song, check song, and it turned into this, awesome track on the record and there was also a re-recording of the Dixie Dead song Fuck You and it sounds awesome on acoustic and done with bourbon crack so that is the tale of Wednesday 13 thank you very much for tuning in and listening to me talk about my favourite artist of all time and if you've not checked his music out before hopefully that will inspire you to go in and listen so this was a very special episode of Not Quite A Podcast to as I said mark the year anniversary of me doing this thing. Thank you very much for anyone that's taken the time to listen uh, to me talking. We'll be back in October, for October's episode. We'll be pushing that one up in a few weeks' time, and there's going to be reviews of Ghost, Lordy, and a few other bits and bobs. Follow the podcast on Twitter at NotQuitePod. There's also some, hopefully some exciting news to a night soon. Until then, keep watching this, guys. Everything you know is live.